0: All right. Episode two of Church in Space. Beep! Church (laughs) in Space!
1: Welcome, everybody, to Church in Space in In 3D. 3D. We'll be giving your glasses out to you for your 3D viewing of our podcast later. I'm Dave Campice, I'm pastor at Resurrection Lutheran Church in Hilliard, Ohio, and with me is Drew Nelson, also from Hilliard, Ohio. And Dan Michalko from All Points Between. <laughs> All Points Between. Between Hilliard and Hilliard. There is just more Hilliard. <laughs> <laughs> uh welcome everybody and so let's just start off with this um new eternals trailer came out and i know uh, drew <laughs> folks listening at home drew doesn't actually like trailers no not just like, not just like some trailers but like all trailers yeah trailers are pointless
2: because the whole point of the movie can be spoiled in just 30 seconds or less mm-hmm. like i want to go into it without that knowledge like I'm already going to the movie. I already know this exists. You don't need to like distract me. Oh, hey, this might happen. Oh, hey, that might happen. Yeah, like, no, it's
1: like no the, trailer. The platonic form of trailers is like just what Drew doesn't yes, like. You absolutely. One hundred percent. I mean it ruins movies. See in contrast to that.
0: I was pleased as punch when I saw that Samsung TV on phones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. actually has a 24-7 trailer channel. I might have to boycott that.
2: In addition to not actually knowing what that was, <laughs> yeah. I might now have to boycott that.
1: Now that that information is in your brain, yeah. you have to boycott <laughs> <that>. <laughs> On principle. Exactly. Well, but there have been like there have been trailers for certain things that were better than the movie. Oh, yes. Or were like, better Which than the Star game. Which Star Wars movie are we talking about? Uh, well, I think episode one. Episode
2: one. Episode one. one episode yeah. seven, eight, and nine. Yeah. <laughs> like, (laughs) Nine was ruined by Fortnite
1: and Emperor Palpatine. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So I guess they're a couple.
1: Yeah. Like games, like No Man's Sky. Oh, yes, absolutely. I think I enjoy to this day watching the trailers for No Man's Sky. More than than actually the game. It was way better than the game. (laughs) It was such a disappointment. So sometimes like the trailers are actively better than the movie.
0: That's definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. Although probably the world's most perfect trailers, which give nothing away from the movie, and yet are riotously entertaining on their own. hmm Deadpool.
1: Yes. Those are fun. Those are fun. They're
0: just their own little mini plays.
1: Or
2: the uh, Deadpool and Korg. Oh! Like a YTT is Korg? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes I heard about yes, it, yes. Yeah.
0: That is. That's brilliant. I assume, then, that means that you have refused on principle to watch the Desi Arnaz, Lucille Ball classic movie, The
2: Long, Long Trailer. Not on principle? Didn't know that movie existed? Yes. Where to find the more and more that we do this, like... Yeah, I haven't seen that. I haven't read that, but... But I have
1: opinions. I do have opinions. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, yes, I have... A... Never let the facts get in the way of me having opinions. No. What are
2: facts? They're just not loud enough opinions. Yeah. At some point, we're going to have to have a special retreat.
0: And just, like in Clockwork Orange, yeah, we're going like to have to prize glue, like, glue pry Drew's eyes open right, and yeah. make him watch all manner
1: of
2: classic film hmm. for like one week right. straight. and all
1: trailers, it'll just be like... <laughs>
2: Just do trailers of all classic movies, not watch a single classic movie, right. but just just the trailers. Well,
0: especially like 1930s trailers. Coming soon!
2: A motion picture
0: like none ever seen before! Because <laughs> it's never been seen. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, literally.
0: Oh, yeah, so The Eternals. So The Eternals. Anyway.
1: <laughs> um, 20 minutes later. 20 minutes later, you're right. 20 minutes later. It'll we'll be, be
0: like last week. We have this topic, and in one hour we'll spend 30 seconds on we'll it. We'll spend 30 yeah. seconds
1: on this. So
0: I mean, we are improving. We're down from
2: half an hour to 30 minutes. Eventually, we'll get
0: down to two. Right. Maybe. 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 And we'll make the bishop happy, because then, by having talked about the topic, we'll actually be able to figure out the religion side. Yeah, right. The religion side.
1: Well, but there is something, right? Hollywood likes to do this thing where, like, what if people were gods, but they weren't really God? You know, like, you pointed it out in an email that we sent about how, like, you know, this is kind of the basic plot line of Highlander, Right. They're really gods, but what if they're not really gods? What if they're just really long-lived, good-looking people? Yeah. (laughs) You know, and that's kind of Eternals, right? Like, what if they're just really long-lived, good-looking people? They have powers, but that defines godhood. And this goes back to the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. The world's
0: very, very, very first recorded novel Mm -hmm. is Gilgamesh. Right. And what is Gilgamesh fundamentally about Gilgamesh is trying to find immortality, Yeah, Mm -hmm. because even back then, thousands of years ago, they equated immortality with godhood.
1: So I become immortal, and I'm a god. Right. I become immortal, therefore I'm a god. It's about quantity. Not quality. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not quality, right, you know.
2: Indiana Jones, like, all of them. Right. Ark of the Covenant, Holy Grail, like, all of the Indiana Jones is about Indiana Jones trying to become a god. Right. Right. Or well in actually in preventing job. bad guys from becoming gods. Right. Except he did do it. And he almost he had the cup. Yeah. But he used it to save his father. His father's wife. But then he broke the seal. And that's why he's not God. Yes. Right. That's why he's not God. Mm-hmm. And yes. he chose wisely.
0: He did choose he wisely. Did. Mm-hmm. He did. Yes. That's yes. our Indy. Our Henry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. <laughs> 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 but there's this interesting thing, right? Like If you read the Bible carefully, there was evidently this rumor going around, like, in the early church that Lazarus would live forever. You know, in the end of the Gospel of John, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, Gospel of John, Jesus raises Lazarus, and and Peter says, well, what about him? You know, and it's clear he's kind of pointing to somebody, and a lot of people think he's pointing to Lazarus. It's like, what, will he die? (laughs) You know, because there was this rumor, like, Jesus raised him from the dead. Does he... (laughs) So if Jesus is the Son of God, it's got to be a permanent raising. Right. And you even see this in science fiction, and have you read Canical for Leibowitz? Yes. Where yes, the, the yes. old man character in the book is Lazarus, and he's always waiting for Jesus. He's always searching all the smart people, trying to figure out, is this guy Jesus or not? And so it's this fascinating dynamic that godhood define is defined by eternal life. Mm-hmm. I think that misses what godhood really is is yeah sheer quantity of years does not a god make yeah (laughs) you know i think the closest
0: thing that addresses that is in marvel Mm -hmm. an apocalypse fundamentally, that's what happens with him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like the first
2: mutant. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: And initially, it's not like he has mega powers, but over time, he amasses so much knowledge and experience. Right. Mm -hmm.
2: And powers. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and powers. He functionally becomes a god, because he is way more than human. Right. Thousands of
2: years later. Right. Tony Stark does the same thing, trying to, you know, copy his brain onto hard drives so that he can actually be immortal. Not to mention, like, Doctor Who technically would be immortal. I mean, does kind of run out of regenerations, but they kind of said, eh, "No, we're not doing that." Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> even if they didn't, right? Yeah. Even even if a
0: Time Lord didn't have any regenerations, mm-hmm. just one standard lifetime of, say, one century mm-hmm. in personal years, the very fact that they can time travel yeah. means they are still functionally eternal. Yeah, because yeah. they can go to the beginning of time. They can go to the restaurant at the end of time. Right. So if you can encompass all of time in your little limited lifetime...
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So then are TVA agents gods in that retrospect? Because they can travel from the beginning of time to the end of time where the void is? I say functionally.
1: Well, I mean, I think that's what science fiction wants us us to believe. Yeah, and and I think that's the the problem, right? It's like they're not really actually... Clearly they think they kind of are. You know, that's even manifests itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It gets back to the whole Clark thing that I think Drew brought up. In episode number one, our mm-hmm. debut premiere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the Arthur C. Clark adage that basically at any level of technological development, right. there's another one so far advanced from it as to be indistinguishable from you know, magic. From magic. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing like with the TVA. Yeah, They're just us. Yeah. You know, regular mortal humans, but they have this ability— just one, just one, yeah. But that's enough based on this criteria today. Yeah, that yeah, they're gods.
1: You know, and in thinking about it actually, just for a minute, I hadn't thought about this, but you could almost say a theme of Loki is like people who think they're gods being disabused of that notion. Mm. Yeah, like everybody, right? Yeah, you know. Yeah. So Loki, the actual guy who is a god <laughs> you know or so let's call him loki prime right for the
2: sake of actual loki you had to figure out which, which one, which it, one we're talking yeah. about. right
1: the main character loki you know goes from you know starts off that way like i'm a god you know and he's actually by the end of the series he's a he kind of lives into his flawed by mortal episode, self like you know? the first
2: 10 minutes he's like oh i'm not a god anymore
1: right i'm not yeah. a god anymore you know and that's true for the tva i yeah. think right there's that, and then even the guy at the end, he who remains, mm. like mm. really in a position of godhood, but we think, but he gets rudely disabused of that, notion, <laughs> yeah. you know, very quickly. But that brings up a good point, just bringing mm. up Loki,
0: mm-hmm. ironically, mm. because in real life, which I have to put quotes around, <laughs> for what I'm about to say, mm. Drew, you will not smirk when you realize why. <laughs> well, actually, you being you, you will smirk anyway. Norse gods
1: mm-hmm.
0: defy our definition. Mm-hmm. Because the real-life Norse gods are not immortal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dave probably knows mm-hmm. of others, but in my readings, they're the only one where the entire pantheon. I've, other pantheons have had gods die.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: but the Norse gods are the only ones where the entire pantheon is really mortal. Mm-hmm. They're powerful. Yeah, yeah, and they don't really age like we do, but they are all going to die. Yeah, right. Ragnarok, Ka- and that's it's the only religion I know of where. Part of the mainstream practice of the religion is the knowledge that, yeah, all your gods are gonna die. <laughs> You're gonna go to Valhalla after you die, yeah, but yeah. then eventually you'll even die there because of part of Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so yeah. ultimately there is no eternity for living things.
2: Humans it, or gods.
1: It produces a very despairing worldview. Yeah. That kind of belief.
2: But Jesus was God and Jesus died. He did. Very true. So truly. <laughs> But
0: he he was gonna come back. Whereas the <laughs> Norse gods are like, You're just <laughs> done. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. No. <laughs> Later on there was a variation on the Ragnarok thing mm-hmm. that yeah. the earth would be reborn. Mm -hmm. but it wasn't the same gods that would come back, right? It wasn't the same people that would come back. So Earth itself gets to resurrect. Yeah. But that's it, baby. (laughs) Right.
2: (laughs) Asgard
1: is a people. Yeah. It's not a place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Nice nice Thor Ragnarok. We always appreciate Thor Ragnarok around here. Yes.
0: That's Mm -hmm. an interesting twist, right? We've Mm -hmm. defined, and most people do. Yeah, see immortality as equivalent to gods, but then you have a whole set of gods. That, yeah. And right now, one of those particular gods is very popular in pop culture. Thor's kicking butt.
1: Yeah, well, we always like our gods to kick butt. Yeah, that's also part of the trick. Yeah, we want gods who kick butt. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we just do. That's part of idolatry. Is we kind of want a god that kicks butt, cool. <laughs> and well, we will save make us
2: not to say mm-hmm. st- like pigeonholing it, but the point of most religions is to be saved, Mm -hmm. right? So every god, every worshiper of that god wants to be saved by that god.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Although where does that get us with gods who, by modern perspective, we might see as evil, like Loki, right? Mm -hmm. But trickster gods, Mm -hmm. Anansi, you know, others they still play a vital role. So are trickster gods automatically evil or are they kind of like what Lucifer started out as in the Bible, right? Yeah. Where he was just not really evil. He was actually a force for good, but his job
2: was to tempt you,
0: to test your faith.
2: Yeah.
1: I wouldn't say he was a force for good.
2: I, it, wait, wait, before we go further. Yeah. Have you seen all of Lucifer? Either one of you, like the new season that no, was out? No. I, don't I
1: have. Know. So my wife likes the show. Okay. I find it just a little too theologically incomprehensible <laughs> to like wrap my brain around and actually watch. But frequently I'm playing my computer in the living room while she is watching the show. So I feel like I've by osmosis got at least uh, the main I've part got of it. I've got the main part that yeah. Satan owns a nightclub and solves crimes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So And I've yeah. also gotten the part that he becomes God. You know, I got that storyline that yeah, We yes. should do a whole show on that stuff, Yeah, when yeah, yeah, other yeah. things become
2: God. Right, mm-hmm. right. What was it last week? Anything that we cling to is technically God, right? Well,
1: right. I mean, that's kind of the trick, right, with idolatry, that we'll put all these little things on pedestals to be gods, because yes, I think people want to be saved by their gods, but the the footnote I would throw in there is people want to be saved in the way <laughs> they would like. <laughs> 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 you know not in the way and they expect yeah not in the way that god uh, usually does yes. you know yes. and, and so we set up all these little things which will save us in the way we want mm-hmm. usually that means like clinging to our own power privilege whatever we get to keep that and be saved, which is a really nice deal. <laughs> Usually impossible, though. <laughs> and so that's kind of the trick, right? Like, we want God to save us, but we also want God to save us the way we want to On be saved. our terms. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, on our terms. Right. You know, my will be done.
0: It's one of my favorite mantras that you have. Uh-huh. Be careful what you pray for, because you will get an answer. You will I mean, get an answer. It may not be the answer you like. Right. Yeah. You,
1: you won't. He's not a tame God. <laughs> As C.S. Lewis says. Yeah. So what about the trickster gods?
0: I mean, what what is the role with them? Should we automatically see them as dark?
1: No, I think like chaos is this element of creativity, right? Mm -hmm. And so I I don't think they're evil. I think they serve chaos. You know, there's this element of, to create something new, things must be torn down. Mm -hmm. You know, and they kind of serve to, if the world is just pure order, then it's... Very boring. uh, Well, right, yeah, boring, (laughs) right? But it's also like, you get nothing new. A universe of pure order has nothing has nothing in it, really yeah, actually yeah. is I guess how I would put it. Their purpose, I think, in that is to be agents of creativity in their own way, that they're a part of the the whole moving picture, yeah. you know, and that they're agents of creativity, where I think that's different from you know we talk about Satan and he does function a role as like the divine prosecuting attorney. Like in Job, if you want to think about it that way, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, mm-hmm. the accuser, you know, yeah. the, the divine prosecuting attorney.
0: And didn't you say that's what it, the name actually yeah, means? Yeah, okay. right,
1: the accuser, you know. But that that role of accusing's bad. <laughs> you know, that role actually is bad, <laughs> yeah. which is what makes Satan evil, you know, is that he's always the one accusing, never the one acknowledging mercy. Yeah. You know, among many other things. So
0: he would have been at the head. Front of the French Revolution, jacuzze, jacuzze.
1: yeah, right, right. You know, or the one always saying you're not good enough. You know, which is different than Loki's message. You know, if we want to put it that way. You know, Loki's Loki's not you're not good enough. Loki's like I just want to mess things up. <laughs> 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 you know, for messing up's sake. No, it's,
0: I get that. It's yeah. I'm just thinking the other day about me being the entire compost ministry mm-hmm. for church. Yeah. Right, so I think a lot about compost because yep. I want to give you the best I can. Right. But it occurred to me, it's based entirely on death yep. and chaos, right? Because it's all about things die, mm-hmm. they go into the compost pile, and I nurture its entropy. I nurture mm-hmm. it breaking down into chaos. Yeah. But then that chaotic, torn down life mm-hmm. is what's required to make new life in mm-hmm. the food bank garden.
1: Yep. To have a resurrection, yeah. you have to have a death first. Yeah. There's no way around that. That's another one of our idols, right? We like to try and jump straight to resurrection without death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that doesn't work so much.
0: Do you think that's yeah. why—you remember, I don't know, was it 10 years ago? Maybe 20 at this point. But there was—everybody was so big into the rapture.
1: Yeah. Okay, and that you know, was 2012. All these, what's that? <laughs> that was
2: 2012. 2012. 2012. Right, you know, yeah. I Look, again, like we talked about last week, yes. <laughs> I do
0: not— Perceive time very well. (laughs) Well, the whole it's an alien concept. So I
2: graduated high school in 2012, and and the T-shirt was something along the lines of, "Well, if the world's going to end, we're just going to have some fun with it," or something along those lines. (laughs) But yes, it was. I mean, they made a movie, a very terrible movie, about 2012. You know, because it was what, according to the Mayans, the world
1: was supposed to end in 2012. It, It wasn't even that right. If you poorly read the Mayan calendar and didn't understand ancient American understandings of time you could lead you to the conclusion that the world was ending in 2012
0: didn't it end up like basically boiling down that they have like a thousand year calendar so it was roughly the equivalent of just ripping off december 31st and exposing january 1st
1: please don't write me if i'm not if i'm getting this wrong i'm not a knowledge an expert on this but i understand it as they understand time and cycles yes that's why their calendar is a circle right 2012 wasn't the end it was just the cycle was starting over that's how i understood it i could be wrong about that someone's gonna could possibly correct me i mean me, there was but...
2: y2k right like I, yeah. I do remember we had a party here at the church because if the world was going to end right. you know we all wanted to be at church we all with with you church. know family and friends and mm-hmm. you know being in a house of worship we thought it gives a way better chance than just, you know, the new year at home. Mm-hmm. That's kind
0: of telling because I was at the radio station <laughs> making sure that none of the equipment crashed. Right. Yeah. Boy, talk about a dud. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was like 1159, 11 11 59, 59 midnight of the new millennium and everything's working. Okay. I'm going home. Right. <laughs> yeah. Do you think part of that is because of the appeal to the rapture is that you get to have resurrection and eternal life without dying first,
1: yeah, and you get to escape all the mess, right, yeah. you know like you get to jump straight from you, you know, get to go to dessert without eating the main course right, <laughs> yeah, I remember I was in confirmation, and my mom's a pastor, and so my we were driving another confirmation student home, mm-hmm. and this confirmation student kind of split time between us and like the the local mega church. Did not divide the time stream. <laughs> Two Sundays a month she was with us. Two Sundays a month. I remember she asked on the ride home, she went, Pastor Betsy, do you believe in a rapture? My mom said, no, very clearly. She goes, why not? And my mom said, in the whole history of Scripture, the people of God have never escaped suffering I don't know why they would start at the very end. Oh. <laughs> hmm. I think that's the essence that's stuck in my brain ever since that's been said. I think it's true in that, yeah, the rapture is this really comforting thing that you get to skip the mess and the suffering and just bypass it all. But that's never actually been the story. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that's not what I read in the Bible. <laughs> like the people of God actually are the people sent straight into it. You know, usually. And for whatever it's worth, you know, that's what it's about. But yeah, I think it is about, oh, we get to skip that. We get to have all the benefits without the death first.
2: I mean, Jesus didn't get to skip it. No. He just had to suffer. Right. right, yeah. So, why would wh- we?
1: yeah, well, are we putting, <laughs> making
2: ourselves, you know, above Jesus by saying we don't want to suffer? Right. We just want to skip to the end?
1: I mean... I think we're hoping we don't have to do it, right? Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, that's not a promise. God makes a lot of promises. That's not one. <laughs> and so I think it is a huge part of it that and it makes for better movies. I mean, you know. and again,
0: depends because like Drew said that that
1: one movie they made it really was right. awful. And there's those Nicolas Cage the left behind Nicolas Cage movies, Yeah, right? Those were also very awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally about the
0: rapture, right? But yeah, everybody was just so obsessed with it for a mm-hmm. while. And I can't help but wonder if that was it. It was yep. like, "Yep, I just want to skip all the suffering and just get right to the rewards."
1: It's easier to believe, right, with all the problems we face, global warming, pandemics, you know, institutional chaos on many and various fronts that we would get to just bypass it all. Yeah. You, know? you created this mess, but now nah, you don't have to worry <laughs> about solving it. Or even experiencing it, right?
2: Think about it, though. In the early 2000s, you know, internet and communication became more relevant. So, mm. you know, you see all these bad things happening and you think, hmm, maybe the rapture is actually happening. You know, nine right. eleven, the war Afgan- in yeah. Afghanistan and Iraq. Yeah to name a few bad things, right. but because of that communication and making the world smaller, that's yeah. probably where it started.
0: Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a big upheaval. It's a big disruptor. Mm-hmm.
1: Right.
0: And we had several of them all at once. Right. So yeah, I just want to skip this part. Thank you. Right. And that's why I was worried when you said, you know, forces of chaos. That's what the trickster gods are, because I was realizing mm-hmm. I love that. I like being alive when all this stuff's going on. I like all these disruptions. I like
1: chaos. Well, right. I mean, there's this line in the book of Romans where it says, the God in whom Abraham believed, who calls into existence the things that are not. It's true about God that God is creative. And in Jeremiah, God says you're appointed and that the prophet's job is both to tear down and to build up. You Mm -hmm. know, But there's this element of tearing down. You know, the word for apocalypse actually just means unveiling. Oh. You know, mm. like it means something's being revealed. It's chaotic because something that's not supposed to be revealed, you know, you're getting to see the man behind the curtain. And so these moments do reveal something. They do unveil a lot about us and who we are. And, and so they are chaotic, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and that gets back to why I love yeah. sci-fi so much. Mm-hmm. Because when you get down to it, the best sci-fi. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it does, too. It yeah. unveils. It. it lets you see the man behind the curtain mm-hmm. under the trappings yeah. of the future, uh, right. utopian society, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. But good sci-fi's job actually is to get us to look at ourselves mm-hmm. now, unveil the things that we don't want to face. Harlan Ellison was probably the best at that.
2: Right. Know? There is the episode of DS9 where they do travel back to 2020 with the race wars. Yeah. yeah. There's our parallel again, right? Mm -hmm. Because
0: even in the canon of Star Trek, Mm -hmm. we have to go through a couple more rough times before we're enlightened enough to realize, you know, this Federation thing is a good idea. Loving each other and helping each other attain our highest potential, that actually can be a good thing. Really? But we had to have the... Genex war with Khan yeah. and his gang. Then there's World War III, World War Three, okay. and mm-hmm. then yeah, the the race yeah. and race and class wars mm-hmm. that DS Nine explored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and only after all that do we finally do we finally wisen up and say, yeah, yeah okay, let's actually
1: build a better world. Right, mm-hmm. right. There's no way out. The only way out is through. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I, and I think yeah. it is seductive to say, oh, there's a way out. Yeah, there's not really.
0: Yeah, you know, it's good to think about this right now because. This is, obviously, we'll post way after. Mm-hmm. People will be listening to this way after. But mm-hmm. yesterday was Gene Roddenberry's centennial of his yeah. birth. The one who started the whole Star Trek vision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And another one in a series who couldn't live the vision himself, no, but could dream it yep. and share the dream with the rest of us. Yep. So,
1: All right, so for our next thing, our mid-podcast game, the Marvel um, series What If, mm-hmm. right? I've been watching it recently, mm-hmm. you know, What If. And so I saw the first episode with... What if Peggy Carter had taken the shield and the, the Super Soldier Serum and all that? And it was fun. Actually, it actually, it made me mostly angry that they didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that's gonna be the problem with this series. Yeah. I realized. So I'm just gonna go like, but that was better. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Even the, the Agent yeah. Carter series that right. got cut off way too soon. Yeah. That was yeah. a great it series. Did. It did. So that's gonna be the that that's gonna be the problem with this series. That said, alternate history is fun. So what's your favorite like what if alternate history?
0: Mm. I have too many because so much sci-fi is yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. So many Twilight Zones are about yeah, that. Um, right. I would say less classic more recently, so mm-hmm. it's fresher. Yeah, <laughs> Harry Turtledove, oh, who kind of yeah. reinvented the whole and redefined yeah. alternate right, history. Right, right. See, Guns of the South is what got him big attention, so I'm not going to go with that. I'm going to go with, and I don't remember the name of the series, but he did this limited series on what if... Aliens had
1: oh the World War II series yes what if they invaded in if World they invaded War II? Earth during World War II It was a good yeah you it know? Wasn't bad.
0: and I thought that was that was a really good look at how would humans really respond mm-hmm. and a really good look at a truly alien culture yeah which Hollywood doesn't do very often no, much right. less literature literature does more, but right because how would an alien think Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it will be different. Yeah. Arrival is probably the first movie. It's one
1: of the better sci-fi movies. Yeah, but to to really
0: explore what Mm -hmm. would an actual alien first encounter be like. Right. Because they're so think so differently. They evolve Mm -hmm. differently. They're going to think differently. Their neurological structure is going to be different. So language is going to be different. Language influences worldview. So that's going to be different. Right. That was brilliant. Turtle Doves was a step in that direction because the aliens Mm-hmm. really had trouble comprehending humans, yeah, you know, and how we reacted. It's like, well, every other species they'd invaded capitulated right away because yeah. they were superior.
1: right? And here
0: are these <laughs> inferior humans, you know, giving them the what for? Right, yeah. fighting
1: back. What yeah. is
0: this? <laughs> and advancing faster. Right. You know, that was the other thing. The way we've evolved is that evolution on Earth, species come and go pretty quickly in geologic time. Right. Whereas these aliens, yeah. evolution was very slow. Right. So they weren't used to the fact that we could look at a problem and come up with a solution like Mm -hmm. within a couple weeks. Yeah. For them, it would take a couple generations. Right, right. So that's what I liked about that. Mm -hmm. Turtle Dove really tried to look at how alien a culture would be and our reaction to it when we met. Mm -hmm. And I thought, especially that it takes place during World War II. Right. When we're already primed. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a fairly realistic, look at that. So that's
2: my what if. Yeah. There's just way too many. I'm, like, trying to pinpoint one exact one. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, there's not a good enough specific one. Mm -hmm. Like, everything has its own merits, but there's not like, hey, this inherently is better than everybody else. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many Marvel storylines where everything gets retcons. you know. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's hard to keep track. (laughs) I would say, let's put retcons off the table. Yeah. Yeah. The new 52 out the window. Right. You're right. Retcons are not. I mean... Steampunk in
1: general. Like, uh, if, yeah.
2: at, at, at that, like, genre.
1: Yeah, like, what if Victorian culture? Yeah. 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 That maintained its. Victorian culture and tech.
0: Yeah. Lady Mechanica. Have you read the Lady Mechanica comics? No. Oh, no. Brilliant steampunk. Okay. Really brilliant. Great plot lines. Mm-hmm. Lady Mechanica, she's like a steampunk Agent Carter. Okay. But she doesn't know her origin. And that's okay. the theme that runs through the different story arcs. She's trying to figure out what the heck happened to her and Mm -hmm. how did she become this. Right. But yeah, I like steampunk. Yeah. And you think about it, the culture, it's spread out because now, you know, steampunk led to chap-hop. Right. You know, this whole new musical genre. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's steampunk art. Mm -hmm. It's really become an entire world. Yeah. Yeah. a very subculture because it has all these spin-offs in a di- different creativity. Oh, uh, there's
1: a great tabletop RPG, uh, Space 1889 or something like that. Oh, I I haven't heard of that oh one. man, it's great. It's a lot of fun. Wow. It's basically like it's steampunk in a way, but Mars and Venus are are habitable and they've got alien races. Yeah. What if the British Empire was in space? And uh, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> think, yeah. Well,
0: Doctor Who Right, yeah. it even influenced so Doctor many. Who. Yeah. That's the
2: problem. Is like, yeah, how many thing, how many timelines got, mm-hmm. or variants
1: of timelines yeah, <laughs> right. have been corrected? Uh, maybe the Time Lords are just like TVA variants <laughs> that have like gone bad.
0: <laughs> hey, there is that whole thing. I mean, a lot of story arcs with the Doctor deal with Time Lords are not all that Nevada right. Yeah. Right, now. that they're right. Are they really any better than the Daleks? Mm. Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, the Doctor did determine that they are not. Like They are, exactly. they are equal to the Daleks, and right. let's just contain everything in this nice little bubble
1: right. in a <laughs> right. painting. Yeah.
2: I loved
0: when the Doctor's back on Gallifrey, and Rassilon is in charge again, and Rassilon tries to have him executed. Mm. Oh. What series is that?
2: Capaldi. Oh, yeah, I skipped that.
0: Oh! <laughs> Capaldi is really worth watching. I couldn't get
2: into it. Just his style.
0: It changes over... Th-
2: after By the end of the first season? After Clara's gone, that changes, or?
0: No, I'm with Clara, and that's really? part of what I like about it. The whole, did you see the Maisie Williams arc? <sighs> Maybe. She's a Viking girl who dies, and he uses this alien warrior's healing technology to bring her back to life. It's kind of like Lazarus, right? Mm-hmm. We're going full circle on this. But as a result, she cannot die because that alien tech repairs any damage no. to her body, including aging. You know, so right. she never dies. The difference being, right, Time Lords are structured to live huge, long lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Humans are not. She only has so much memory capacity. Yeah. So she lives so long and forgets the earlier stuff. Right. So she starts keeping journals. And by the time the Doctor encounters her again, she's got like 500 volumes of journals. Yeah. Because she realizes I'm forgetting everything because I just don't have the capacity as I'm learning new things and Mm -hmm. forging new memories. It's pretty cool. But at one point, it makes her kind of miserable.
1: (laughs) It's cool, but it will make you miserable. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
0: She comes back at the end of the Clara story arc. Mm -hmm. It kind of wraps up that arc nice and poignantly. Okay. Give Capaldi a chance. Curmudsons are good. (laughs) Anyway, yes, I agree with you. Steampunk. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Boy, that's... That's got a lot going for it.
1: So mine are usually around, like, what if we had, what if Nixon had not folded up the Apollo program and continued with the space program, (gasps) you know? So, like, there's this great fan work. I forget what the title is even called. It's basically, like, plotting out a more realistic post-Apollo program, you know, which is a great in-depth look at, like, how space travel becomes more practical because you decided to build off Apollo and not kind of jump straight to space shuttles and mm. things like, and decided to keep using rockets basically, you know, and and even just like the stuff that what's his name, his vice president's like commission put out like the, the new Agnew po- or the Ford uh, Agnew, I okay. think the, the nuclear powered tug and like, you know, like all that, it was yeah. like, that would have been great. Why did we do that? <laughs> you know? So anything in there is usually like, I find incredibly fascinating. Like yeah. what if, what if Apollo hadn't just died with a whimper? That was one of my great disappointments when,
0: when 2000 hit the yeah. millennium. I was less concerned about, come on. I mean, the worst case that happens is we go back to like 1986. Right. Before PCs were right. really big. Right. So, yeah, we can make up for 20 years without mm-hmm. civilization collapsing. Right. What really disappointed me was realizing we were a year away from Stanley Kubrick's 2001 2001. vision. And part of what made 2001 so effective in Uh its time was that it was a realistic
1: projection. Right.
0: Like you said, if we'd maintained and kept building off Apollo, we could have had that world in 2001.
1: (laughs) Right. It was within our grasp. Yeah.
0: And it's us. We have no one to blame but ourselves. We.
1: Right. We
2: held humanity back.
1: Right. Oh,
2: that drives me crazy. Yeah, I know. Okay, I changed mine. It's back to the future. Oh, I like it. Took me this long yeah. to like wait, <laughs> wait a second. No, wait a I know the that answer.
1: It is the ultimate what if. Yes, that is the ultimate what if in, yes. in, in every way. You yeah, know. yeah, right.
0: Heavy, heavy. You keep using that term. <laughs>
1: is there
2: something wrong with Earth's gravity in the future?
1: <laughs> that
2: line <laughs> 1.21 gigawatts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that movie, though, has the most prescient line where he's showing them the video camera. Right, for the first time back in the 1950s. And he goes, no wonder your president has to be an actor. He's (laughs) on TV (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. I was like, oh, man, that's too close to home. Shoot and and score. Yes. (laughs) It's like, oh, oh, that hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: But even how culturally, right, and politically we change. Because I thought that was realistic, too. In the 1950s, Mm. the concept that an actor... Yeah. Could become president. Right. Inconceivable. Right. You wanted the best of America. Right. <laughs> you
1: know, right. Not just an actor. Not just an actor. Someone right. with government right. experience right. and
2: diplomacy. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we're I can't go down that road, never yeah. mind. <laughs> <laughs> like I, there's there's that point where it's just like,
1: Yeah, mm. I could go this way, but nope, no, 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 nope. no, no Let's no, just, we'll just we'll just stick it to yeah,
0: 1950s yeah. culture that would never, have, that flown. Would never yes. have.
1: All right. So number two. Splitting up our time here. Yeah. No. Although
0: Joanne, Drew. Huge accolades. Back to the
2: future. Brilliant. Yeah, I, know. Good, good I like. Correction. I feel bad because I didn't get to no, there no, no, no. fast it, enough. It, it yeah. takes you as much time. Yeah. No
1: judgment here. It takes no. you as much time as it takes. Yeah, go yes. for it. Definitely like, when you
2: brought heard. up 2001, I'm like, wait, There's where's so... my hoverboard? Like right. an actual it, it, hoverboard, it, too. It. Not just like the stuff like... You know the stupid ones that catch on fire, like an actual hoverboard. I don't care about the flying cars. Well,
1: the Cubs did win the World Series relatively close to Uh, uh, yes, yes. I'll give you the Cubbies. Yes,
2: it might have broke the very fabric
1: (laughs) of the universe, but But I withdrew. Right? Where are
0: real hoverboards? Yeah, come on. I mean, the ones we've got totally misnamed. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. you can't have wheels and hover.
2: No,
1: no,
0: no. No. It's got to be above the ground.
1: Yeah. I read this interesting thing which basically said the problem is like we kept predicting that energy would get smaller, you know that we could produce more and more energy on smaller and smaller units. Yeah. You know, and and like that that part never actually happened. Not that we can't wow. produce more energy, but that you know, a nuclear power plant became can you can only produce so much gigawatts? Yeah, you know, talk about gigaw- like you can only produce so much power in so small a space, and that prevented a lot of like the hoverboards. You know, and, like, we don't have pocket nuclear reactors or any of that. Jets yeah, and yeah. Stuff it's
2: or... actually about more the storage of it, yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. regardless of yeah. producing it. It's yeah. like how can you actually store it? Like right. the li- you know? lithium's going to catch on fire right. until like that gets solved. Right. um Someone definitely yeah. didn't have a battery idea that was way better.
0: That's a lot of Renee, my yeah. wife, what the journal articles that she's getting a large number of battery mm-hmm. research articles. Yeah, yeah. And it's coming. They're, they're yeah. figuring out some cool ways. There was a Heinlein, Robert Heinlein novel. Was it Number of the Beast? Friday? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. One of his later novels. Mm-hmm. That was the core premise. Yeah, Was that someone invented the perfect battery. Mm-hmm. It was like 99% efficient.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which is the big problem with yeah. batteries. Yeah. Right? So inefficient. It revolutionized Right, human yeah, culture, because yeah. you get one of his batteries about the size of a shoebox mm-hmm. that can power your house for a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, he kind of becomes the Elon Musk, yeah. Bill Gates, mega rich person because yeah. he has the foresight not to patent his technology. Mm. So it can't be copied after X number of years. Mm-hmm. And he's able to build the batteries in a way that they can't be reverse engineered. Mm. Mm-hmm. That very concept of having yeah. a perfect battery, compact energy. Right. Virtually limitless. Right. It's at the crux of what changes society mm-hmm. in that novel.
2: I mean, there is the near-death star in Futurama, where it's just a bunch of old people <laughs> as batteries. <Yeah>. I mean... <laughs> I love Futurama. There's so many good things about it. Oh my gosh. It
1: so my next thing, and so this is going to be my... You're, you guys are going to love this transition. So Futurama's Ooh. really weird. No. And speaking of weird... Right. Okay. So this whole podcast is about creating space for the weird. Mm-hmm. Right. My kind of question then is, what gets in the way of church creating space for the weird? Oh.
2: I have the answer. Go well, for a it. answer. Go for it. Um, actually, was speaking to this with Garrett a mm-hmm. while ago mm-hmm. because he's not religious, mm-hmm. and we were talking about how most of my generation is spiritual but not religious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of perceptions. Mm-hmm. That's really what it comes down to, like how a church or a you know a synagogue or a mosque or any type of religion, how that was proceed from your experiences as a kid, how you hear about all these you know not to say radical sects of mm-hmm. religion, but look at you know the Westboro Baptist Church, you know which came to our school
1: while we were growing up. Mm-hmm. It's really unfortunate too yeah. because for them, like you know, there's like. 20 people in that church yeah like it's really tiny it's literally yeah. like that pastor and his family they're all yeah. related like it's a I think you're right they're creating this awful perception yeah you know and it's like these people are like they wouldn't even like they're like 25 people on the yeah f- talk about the fringe yeah <laughs> you know like uh, of things yeah
2: yeah 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 but I mean garrett was talking about how in academia if mm. you're religious it's kind of you're kind of looked down on mm-hmm. dan is a perfect example I mean there's a whole lot of people in academia that believe, mm-hmm. it's just perceptions. Yeah, mm-hmm. and changing perceptions is really what mm-hmm. defines everything. Yeah,
0: yeah, and for me, that gets to the point. The more I learn mm-hmm. about how the cosmos works, mm-hmm. the more more in awe I become. Mm-hmm. That just opens up when you think about it. How much more we don't know? Yeah, right. Just amazing. That mm-hmm. This can work. I mean, the origin of the universe is like a sci-fi novel. Yeah, mm-hmm. so right. I love that. Right And yeah, so my awe increases. So. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, a lot of it drives me away. Mm-hmm. I have trouble with it is hypocrisy.
1: Yeah. You mm-hmm. know?
0: And growing up Catholic, mm-hmm. just add several layers, shall we? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, that how can you be the refuge when for centuries you've allowed predators to be part of the hierarchy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not just allow it, then you protect them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then when you get someone in who starts to make those changes, yeah. to get things closer to what the founder of the religion said you should do, that pope gets all kinds of pushback. Yeah. Right? You know, when you look, look at what Francis is doing, mm-hmm. ultimately, all Francis is doing is saying, look, Jesus said live our lives this way. Yeah. So let's get the church structured the way Jesus said. Mm -hmm. And every time he does that, every time he tries to get it closer to what Jesus says, the conservative wing of the church just rebels, they criticize, they Mm -hmm. threaten to split off. Mm -hmm. And it's like, really? Do you hear what you're saying? Right. You know, you're saying, no, we should not live like Jesus wanted us to live. Right. And if you're on the outside— yeah. That's why it took me so long to start coming here. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, you know, where they came, I knew the Nelsons, you know, like, yeah. you know, worked yeah. with your dad on boosters and all mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But I had that image of what structured religion is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks to what my experiences and observations were. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, no, I'm not going in. They're all alike. In yeah. Yeah. But then I got here, Mm -hmm. and it was like, hey, maybe these people are kind of okay with my weirdness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if they're okay with that, well, let me start learning more about what, you know. And it just cascaded from there. And I have to give—and I've told you this before, but I'll say it on the record (laughs)
1: now—your
0: dad credit. Your dad was president of the church council at the time, and he really made this an open place for me. Mm. He was the one that really opened the door, literally and metaphorically, for Mm -hmm. me. He knew how quirky I was. He saw me at music boosters. Yeah. (laughs) But he was cool with that. Mm -hmm. No, you're still part of the family. Come on in.
1: Yeah. The hypocrisy thing is hard because, like, on a certain sense, I want to say, we are here, right? Because we all are eject hypocrites, like, Mm -hmm. in our own lives, you know, like, but it gets to, like, the essence of what Luther means when he says, like, sin boldly. I use it to avoid ethical discussions I don't want to have. But, (laughs) you know, but what he's saying is, like, don't pretend you're anything less or anything more than a sinner. It's actually what he means in the full quote. He says before, right beforehand, God does not save imaginary sinners, (laughs) you know, therefore be a sinner and sin boldly. And so, like, there's this element of like it's the hypocrisy becomes a problem when like the acting like you're not just as much in need of help mm. as anybody else is. You know, it's it's that's the real problem. Superiority yeah. syndrome. You're right. Yeah, like I'm superior. It's like when the second that happens, yeah. that's the the root of the issue. Yeah.
2: You can tell in multiple different ways about how people use their faith as entitlement to do things that are not faith-based. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe we can start with symbology. Like you don't have to kiss people's rings. That automatically sets up that yeah. inferior superior right attitude. Yeah. Uh, well, here, hereby petitioning now. No more kissing
1: of rings. No more kissing of rings. I don't have any. To That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Well, thank you guys very much. Thank you, listeners. Uh reminder to uh spread the word on this podcast. We don't advertise, so nobody listens to it unless you tell somebody to listen to it. Yeah. Thanks. So we need we need a closing line, an official closing line. We do line. need a closing line. Hmm. Hmm. The fort. no, it can't be the force be with you. No. And also with you. <laughs> and also with you. Yeah. <laughs> so we are Lutherans after yes. all. <laughs> yeah or in the old formulation and with thy spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I mean this is the way. This is the way, yeah. Yes, like that way. was the original name for the religion exactly. it was the way. Right. 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 Yes. Yeah. I mean
2: your first sermon about that I'm like, yeah. "Wait, Julia was in was at Miami." I'm like, "Okay, Christians are officially this is the way. Yeah. We are Mandalorians. <laughs> We've been Mandalorians for <laughs> centuries. We just haven't figured it out." <laughs>
1: Episode three, our Christian's Mandalorians. (laughs) And with that, I think we will officially close this podcast. Game, set, (laughs) and match. Drew. Yeah, (laughs) Our Christian's Mandalorians. Good night, everybody.
2: (laughs) I mean, who else has a 3D podcast?